0: Well, welcome to the Todd Coconato Show. I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. We're going to talk about eight signs you are in a spiritual battle and how to win. Eight signs you're in a spiritual battle and how to win on today's broadcast. Let's get into this right now. www.toddcoconato.com www.pastortodd.org Eight signs you're in a spiritual battle and how to win. All right. I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. This is going to be good. Uh, it's going to be a good conversation. Uh, how many of you are dealing with fatigue? How many are dealing with anxiety, stress, temptations, fear, despair? Has somebody in your life lied to you, lied about you? What about revenge? Are people seeking revenge on you? Or are you seeking revenge on others that have done you dirty? Well, does this stuff sound familiar? Um, these are some of the devil's favorite schemes, by the way, for eroding our faith in God. And he wants us to believe that we're stuck, that we're in a situation that's hopeless, that defeat is our destiny. But here's the thing, okay? If we're not careful, these deceptions will actually set us on a slippery slope to spiritual defeat. That's the whole plan. That's the whole plan of the enemy. He wants us to give up. He wants us to give in. And so Satan is literally the father of lies. That's his profile. If, if he had a profile on social media, you know, mine says like, you know, author, speaker, pastor. His would say, the father of lies, Satan, the father of lies. John Wesley wrote this. He said, as the most dangerous winds may enter at little openings, so the devil never enters more dangerously than by little unobserved incidents, Mm. which seem to be nothing, and yet uh, insensibly open the heart to great temptations. I'm going to read that again. John Wesley was an amazing man of God he was a revivalist and he wrote this. He said, as the most dangerous winds may enter at little openings, little openings. So the devil never enters more dangerously than by the unobserved incidents, which seem to be nothing yet insensibly open the heart to great temptations. You know, the the, the best way to wall off our heart from Satan's enticements is to know the word of God. That's why I talk so much about the word of God. You know, as I've grown older and I've been in the ministry for a while, and I've seen the different things that the enemy uses to discourage, to to disillusion the saints, and how about to confuse and manipulate and and distract and um you know there's even even worse things. I mean he's 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 causing the scripture to be changed in this hour. Uh, he's causing people to be deceived. And so we've got to wall off our heart from Satan's enticements, and and in doing so, how do we do this? Well, we know the scripture. We we yield the sword, we 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 have we have the uh, the weapon. You know, we wield the sword. And so it says uh, that you know they teach us how to withstand the enemy's ploys by giving us a glimpse of his character. That's what the scripture does. They teach us how to withstand the enemy's ploys by giving us a glimpse of his character, his tactics what are his purposes? What is Satan trying to do? Well, he wants to take us into eternal damnation. He wants to destroy our life. He comes to, to kill, to steal, and destroy. Have you ever seen somebody that had a really good life? They were blessed, and yeah, things seemed to be going really well, but then something happened. Maybe it was a, a temptation that came their way. You know, they were in a marriage situation. They had a good wife and a good life, and all of a sudden, what happened? Satan put something in front of them, maybe a secretary at their work or something along those lines. And, and it started off innocent. You know, the, the person probably said to himself, oh, I'll never do that. You know, that's just, it's just I can't. You know, eye candy. I'll never do that. You know, I, I hear people talking like this, right? Well, it's, it's just that little opening, that little unseen, not a big deal. You know, oh, it's innocent. We try to convince ourselves of these things, but how many times have I seen those very things be the weapon that Satan used to take a powerful man or woman of God down? Many. Listen, I've been in ministry now for 25 years. Somebody's telling me it's 27 years. I think it's 25 years. I think I got saved around 28, 27 years ago, somewhere around that time. But I've been in ministry for almost the entirety of it 25 years. And so. You know, in the time that I've been in ministry, I've I've seen a lot of people that I believed at the time were really sincere. They were good people. They were men of God, women of God. And there was a there's an area in their life that they allowed an open door. It could have been as, as simple as just somebody they hired at their work. And, you know, it seemed innocent, just some sweet, pretty woman that they hired. And, you know, a year or two goes by, and the next thing you know, they're having an affair on their wife. Or, or you know, and, they, and I'm not just talking you know, just, uh, you know, any old person. I'm talking pastors. I'm talking ministers. I'm talking people that had an anointing that walked in the calling of God on their life. But see, what happened was there was a little open door and the enemy saw it. He looks at what you long gaze at. He looks at what you stare at. He looks at what you're, you're doing in the secret time. And he uses that to his advantage. And so the best way to wall off your heart from Satan's enticements is to know the scripture. Well, if you know the scripture, not just knowing it, but but applying it. And, and the scripture teaches us how to withstand the enemy's ploys by giving us a glimpse of his character, his tactics, and his purposes. And I'm going to give you a few descriptions here today of, of Satan from the Bible so that you can know his character. You can know what he's trying to do, and you can you can pray away. You can ask the Lord for wisdom and discernment, ask his Holy Spirit, and you can observe in your own life if there's an open door, there's an area. So number one is murderer. He's a murderer. Well, if you think about abortion and, and some of the people that are just militant about abortion, they're mil- I mean, these people make it their whole life's purpose to make sure as many babies as possible are murdered. Think about how, how barbaric that is. Think about how evil that is, if you think about it in, 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 for what it actually is. But yet, you know, they use these terms in today's culture, where they make it like it's not that bad. Well, it's 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 uh you know it's just a way that we we kill a fetus. It's just a fetus. They don't even use the word kill. And it's just a glob of cells. It's not really a human. You know, they try to desensitize us on these things. It's murder. It's always been murder. And any pastor that that doesn't tell you that it's murder, he's not doing his job. She's not doing her job. It's a, it's murder of the innocent. It's been happening since the days of Molech, it's, it's literally in the scripture many, many times. It's, it's so open and in our faces uh, that it's murder. I mean, I don't know how anybody could justify that it's not, but there's people that do, and they say it's a political matter. It's not a political matter. It's a spiritual matter. How in the world would you think this is a political matter? So it, this is why these evil people in this hour that are, that are given unto Satan, that are given under the demonic, are pushing the murderer of the innocent because the devil is a murderer. Jesus told a group of unbelieving Jews, You are your father, uh, you are of your father, the devil, and and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. That's John 8 44. We should we should not for any second be surprised that the devil is still pushing murder. Because in John 8 44, it literally says, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. So God is a God of life. Satan, Lucifer, the fallen archangel that rebelled, he's a murderer. Okay, what else is Satan? He's a liar. Continuing in John eight forty four, Jesus described Satan's deception. He said, the devil does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. He doesn't say there's some truth there's a little bit of truth. He says there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar, and guess what? He's the father of it. He's the father of lies. So we've got to understand. I mean, when somebody's lying about you, they're smearing you, they're they're accusing you. Well, of course, Satan's a liar. He's going to lie about you. So uh, what else is he? He's a predator. He. <laughs> You know, if you, if you sit and you listen to some of these things, you think, wow, this is like the whole platform of the far left. I mean, murder of the innocent, uh, lies, you know, that they're they're spreading about people that are trying to save our country, trying to stand for righteousness. You know, if you're an activist, if you're out there standing for our kids, standing for biblical Christianity, you're considered a hate monger, even though uh, pure Christianity is the ag- exact opposite of that. It's God's agape is His pure love, unconditional love. And yet what is Satan doing? He's lying. He's saying, no, Christians aren't, uh, lovers. You know, they don't, they don't love, you know, uh, according to scripture, which it says we're known by our love. We're known by our fruit. We're known by our love and love is a fruit of the spirit. Satan is saying, look, we're, we're hate mongers. It's, it's a total flip. It's a total lie from the pit of hell. If you think about it. And so, and then he's a predator. I mean, isn't this what's going on with our kids right now? There's there's predatory policies and curriculums, and they've, they've changed it from wanting to teach the kids uh, to be astute uh, in our society to be set up for success like they're doing in some other countries, and now it's all it's all social justice stuff. It's I mean, it's like half of the curriculum or more is, is pushing a lot of the indoctrination. That's why many parents are now pulling their kids out of public schools. Predatory. Satan is predatory. According to 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's a predator. So he's a murderer, he's a liar, he's a predator. Um, let's continue on. You know, knowing these facts about the enemy, you know, why do we still fall for his traps? It's like, you know, it's so blatant, it's so in our face. If you have any discernment, you would see these things. But often we give in to the distractions. Um, you know, Corey Tenboom said this. He said, If the devil cannot make us bad, he'll make us busy. Satan creates all sorts of distractions to keep us from studying our Bibles, from attending church. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly together of the brethren and praying. He'll do anything to keep us from realizing that Jesus already defeated him on the cross, which is in uh, Colossians 2.15, and that we can overcome his schemes. You can overcome his schemes. Oh, sure. Ephesians 6.11. Absolutely. You are meant to be a victor. We come from a position of strength. I always say that. We come from a position of victory, but there's a lot of Christians that are feeling defeated right now, and that's why I'm doing these types of teachings, because I want you to understand, you're not defeated. I know the news is bad. I know the world has gone crazy, and it's gone off the moral cliff. You know, I see the same things you do, but then I got to remember that the scripture said these things were going to happen, and he also said, look, you know, be a watchman. Issachar anointing, right? Understanding and discerning the times. Overcome his schemes. Ephesians 6.11, look it up. Some struggles have physical solutions. We might reduce our fatigue by getting more rest. I have to do that. In fact, I need to do that this week. (laughs) I need to get some rest. I'm looking forward to getting some rest. Next week, I'm going to be flying out to the Jim Baker show, and I'm going to be on a couple of his broadcasts. It's going to be a busy week, Um, but I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because uh, this weekend, I have a little bit of time to spend time with the family, and I'm going to do just that. Trust me. Um, I, I, I've learned to be more careful and cautious with my schedule. People want to talk at like seven o'clock at night. I say, I'm sorry, this is my family time. Well, it's an emergency pastor Todd. If it's an emergency emergency where it's life or death, yes, I'll take the call. And trust me, that does come through a couple times a month. But, but for the most part, I've got to, to make sure that I reduce my busyness. And this is very hard because we're in an extremely busy season. I mean, this is the busiest time I've ever had in my life when it comes to ministry there are so many different things going on. There's so many people reaching out. There's there's so many people in, in deep need. And so I have to, it's a struggle for me. So this is, this is something that hits really home for me. I have to reduce my fatigue by getting more rest or improve my spirits by enjoying the company of loved ones. You need to do this too. And there's been a couple people in my life I really appreciate that have been very adamant about pushing this on me. You got to do this, Pastor Todd. You need rest. Pastor Todd, you got to make sure that you're you're spending that quality time with your family. And by the way, I do. I mean, we spend a lot of, actually, we probably spend more time together than some. Um, because, you know, I have the opportunity of being with my wife when I travel and different things like that if she comes with me, and my daughter, and I just love them to death. They're just so sweet and amazing. So I, I, I'm I, thankful that I that I'm able to take the time to do that. But we all need to do that. So if we're not careful, Satan moves. He moves the battle to the spiritual realm. Listen to this. If we're not careful, Satan moves the battle To the spiritual realm. He waits for the moment of weakness. And then he tells us we're alone in the struggle. He waits for the moment of weakness. And then he tells us we're alone in the struggle. And as worry fills our heart, we wonder, how will we ever meet the deadline? How will we restore that relationship? How will we pay these bills with inflation that's through the roof right now? How are we going to pay these bills? I know a lot of people that are exhausting their resources financially. We have to learn how to live within our means, but it's also important we trust God and, we, and we're givers. You know, that's our insurance policy and our finances. But as worry fills our hearts, we wonder how we're going to meet the deadline, how we're going to restore the relationship, how we're going to pay the bills, and fear and anxiety grow to the point that they seem like unavoidable realities. Unavoidable realities. Fear and anxiety. Two weapons of the devil. Fear and anxiety. How many Christians do I as a pastor see operating in fear and anxiety? A lot. A lot, friends. Many of you, I get the emails. You're you're panicked. The the power grid's gonna go out tomorrow, Pastor Todd. Uh, you know, there's gonna be a cyber attack this week. Um, you know, we're we're gonna get nuked by Russia with You know, listen, I get it. We're in very perilous times. The Bible said there'd be perilous times. We're in them. We're in them, okay? Wars and rumors of wars, perilous times will come. The scripture literally tells us this, but. focus on what's pure focus on what's righteous focus on what's holy i can't control whether if russia is going to bomb us or not but what i can control is i can pray i can pray for wisdom and discernment and protection for my family very very important don't let worry fill your heart worry does us no good many of us are worry warts we've got to stop in fact it's a sin do you know it's a sin to worry it is because it means we're not trusting the lord The Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to direct your path. Fear and anxiety go to the point that they seem like unavoidable realities, but they're not. Nothing could be further from the truth. We can be confident that he who has begun a good work in us, hear this, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He that has began a good work in us, in you, in me, will complete it until the day the Lord returns. That's Philippians 1.6. Psalm 121 describes God as a helper, a keeper, and the, and the preserver of our soul. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will not allow your foot to be moved. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and evermore. Okay, listen to this. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. That's Psalm 121.3. God never leaves us helpless. If we're not careful, think about this. Satan moves the battle to the spiritual realm. If we're not careful, Satan moves the battle to the spiritual realm. In addition to the assurances of God's love and support, the Bible promises that God will equip us to overcome the enemy's schemes. Fatigue. Let's talk about it. Okay. For for generations, the nation of Israel rebelled against God. Eventually, he he withdrew his protection. Remember that? And allowed the uh, the Babylonians to carry them to exile. And the people quickly lost heart. When they complained that God was no longer concerned about their welfare, he sent a prophet named Isaiah to assure them. And Isaiah asked the people, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. That's Isaiah 40, 27 through 29. Have you lost heart? Do you feel as if God's forgotten you? I want you to hear this. Rest assured when you are at the end of your rope, God is just getting started. Somebody needs to hear this today. Rest assured that when you are at the end of your rope, God is just getting started. Just as he delivered Israel from Babylon, Almighty God will give you the strength to endure your trials. Let's talk about anxiety because a lot of you're dealing with it. Proverbs 12, 25 says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The apostle Peter offered a good word just before the, uh, the verse that, that describes Satan as a prowling lion. I just read it. He said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For why? Because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. What is the key to living in God's presence? Well, it's humility. That's why when, when the you see somebody be prideful, they either need to repent or turn from that, or they're going to fall. Pride comes before a fall. Humility, when we understand that we are powerless to face Satan in our own strength, we begin to grasp the depth of our need for God, and we need him. And if we're feeling overburdened, there's an excellent chance we are hanging on to responsibilities that aren't ours to bear. We gotta lay it down at the foot of the cross. They belong to God. This battle is, is God's to fight. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna do what the scripture says. I'm gonna pray fervently, I may even fast because some things only through prayer and fasting, but I'm ultimately going to lay down this burden at the foot of the cross because I honestly can't carry it. This is what we got to do. Now, this this is also about stress. Let's talk about stress because I know many of you, listen, I've read some of your emails. Some of you are losing hair because you're so stressed out over your child, over your husband. Listen to this, okay? The Bible does not mention stress. But it has plenty to say about stressful situations. King David was someone who faced many trials. He fought wild animals, a giant, and a a king as a young man. He was a, was a, a person that fought his lion and his bear, right? Later in his life, his own son attempted to assassinate him. Imagine that. And although God did not remove the stressful situations from David's life, he sustained David through them. And that's what he'll do for me and you. And the scripture promises that God will do the same for us in psalm 55 22 david wrote cast your burden on the lord and he shall sustain you he shall never let the righteous be moved he shall never permit or let the righteous be moved you're like a tree that's planted by the water our part in the matter is to trust god's promises and to rely on his loving kindness and when satan attacks May we join King David in saying, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song, I will praise him. Psalm 28, seven. Listen, let's talk about temptation for a minute here, okay? Temptation, let's talk about it. Success often presents a greater danger than trouble. Hmm, I saw that in Hollywood. When things are going well, Satan encourages us to trust our own abilities rather than relying on God. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says this. It said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I just mentioned that. It's the oldest play in the enemy's book. He convinced Eve to eat the forbidden fruit by telling her that it would open her eyes and that she'd be like God, knowing good and evil. That's Genesis 3, 5. Our weaknesses may be different from Eve's, but... The tactic the enemy's using is the same. Satan appeals to our desires. He sees what we long gaze at. And for this reason, Paul warns. He says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man. But is God, God is faithful. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. He'll never give you more than you can handle, right? But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 14. Uh, with a humble heart and God's guidance, we can withstand any, any, any temptation. But I definitely think is wise, I think you got to know the scripture. You got to be a person that's in prayer. You got to be a person after God's heart. You got to be a good repenter. Let's talk about fear. Okay, fear, I'm going to get through this as quick as I can. The only thing that we have to fear is fear itself, right? Uh, You know, God, we got to fear God in a healthy way. Wars cannot be won without bravery, but President Roosevelt's famous speech overlooked a crucial factor. Jesus instructed his disciples not to fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. His disciples, not to fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And that's Satan. Matthew 10, 28. The disciples had more reason to be afraid than most. You know, they, 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 those complicit in Jesus' death actively hunted down his followers. How could Jesus expect them not to be frightened? Because he also said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's Hebrews uh, 13, 5. I'll never leave you or forsake you. The greatest adversaries were no match for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they still aren't. And this truth gave them the courage to respond. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's Hebrews 13, 6. If you feel overwhelmed, shift your focus from the problems to the solution. In the midst of your struggle, Jesus is standing beside you. He will never abandon you, and nothing is impossible for him. Okay, we're almost done here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about lies real quick. Okay, lies. Uh, Luke 4 records one of the most vivid accounts of spiritual warfare anywhere in Scripture. While Jesus was fasting in the wilderness, Satan tempted him with three, uh, three times. And there are many rich lessons we can draw from this passage, but let's focus on the third temptation for a second here. Okay, and this is found in, in verse 9 through 12 in Luke 4. It says, Then he, Satan, brought him, Jesus, unto Jerusalem and set him in the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall, not, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in the hands they shall hear you and bear you up. Unless uh, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Satan's attack began with an assault on Jesus' identity as the son of God. From there, he tried to erode Jesus' dependence on God. And did you catch that he, uh, what he did next? Satan tempted Jesus by sin by quoting scripture. This is what's happening right now. People are using scripture. And while his reaction was accurate, his application was not. Instead of fabricating an out an out lie, Satan attaches his relationship with the Father and distorted biblical truth. That's what he's doing today. He's distorting biblical truth. And so, listen, our protection is the truth of Scripture. I, I still would love to get through a couple more of these things, but we got to close here. But when spiritual battles mount, Scripture is our first line of defense. It contains the mind of Christ between uh, the two covers. John's gospel says, and the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten father, full of grace and truth. And It says, later on, Jesus told his disciples, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. By uh, by standing squarely on the truth of who God is and who we are in Christ, we can resist the enemy's attacks. Christ Jesus has already claimed the victory. That's because he has it. And he will not leave us defenseless. In the words of 2 Peter 2.9, it says this. It says, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. When we walk in the truth, which is God, he is truth, we gain the power to overcome deceptions like fatigue, anxiety, stress, temptation, fear, despair, lies, and revenge. Friends, this, this information is critical, crucial, and important. You are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. God is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's with us until the end of the age. I love you. PastorTodd.org. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's broadcast. pastortod.org We'll see you next week.